Welcome to the Mastercraft Podcast. I'm Justin Jarrell. Today's episode features thinker, lawyer, and fitness law visionary Drew Amoroso. Drew is a lawyer that left his job at a large law firm to chase his passion of representing businesses and personalities in the fitness world. During our conversation, we talk about adopting and adapting your mindset, routine, starting your own business, and mentorship. Be sure and check out Drew online, and if you're planning on starting your own fitness-oriented business, check him out. All info is in the show notes blog. Here we go. Of course. Cool, that's awesome. Thank you, Brandon. Well, we've not been talking for the past <laughs> yeah, <right>. minutes. <laughs> uh, well, let's just start off with who you are and uh, and what you do, and, and we'll work backwards. Perfect. Um, my name is Drew Amoroso. I'm from San Francisco. Um, I was... Uh, an attorney at a big law firm for about six years, practicing in um, um, financial services litigation, which is as boring as it sounds. <laughs> <laughs> um, working with a lot of big corporations, really good experience and a lot of great attorneys there. Um, but I realized after a while that that, that wasn't for me. Um, and so a couple of weeks ago, about six weeks ago, I left and formed my own law firm called Move Legal. Um, and I represent innovators in the fitness, health and wellness, supplement and paleo food industries. So basically helping them grow their brand, protect their business, that kind of thing. Excellent. Uh, so that's a, it's not, but at the same time, it is a very niche market. Yes. Uh, in that there, I I imagine there's not a lot of legal practices, uh, that focus on that. I'm the only one that I know of that actually does this, okay. uh, which was a surprise to me. So about two years ago, um, I started to represent a number of companies and individuals that are in the fitness world. Um, and I started to look around to see if there was anyone out there who was doing something similar. I started, I called it practicing fitness law. Yeah. So I kind of scoured the internet and didn't didn't know of anyone that was doing it locally and couldn't find anyone nationally. Um, and as far as I know, I'm the only person who has a firm specifically dedicated to representing these kinds of clients. Um, so firms will have sports law practices, yeah, which focus on you know amateur and professional athletics. They'll have entertainment law practices, um, which are obviously focused on the entertainment industry, of course. The fitness industry is its own discrete industry with, you know, interesting specific needs. Yeah. Clients issues. And, you know, there's some overlap there, but it's such a huge industry and there's so many components to it. It's not only, you know, you know, fitness. Um, it's also lifestyle, it's food, it's clothing, it's trademark. It's, there's so many small facets, fitness apps, um, apparel, I mean, wearable tech is in there too. Supplements I would put under that heading nutrition. Um, so I, you know, I cast a wide umbrella when I think about fitness. Um, and as far as I know, no one to this point has actually kind of looked at it with like a critical eye and said, you know, I want to speak to this to these clients, I want to, you know, educate people on the issues that are That's really in unique. the industry. Yeah. So, uh, within that scope, looking at, you know, fitness, apparel, uh, supplements, etc. Uh, so you have these clients that you started working with. How did you 
how did you come to meet those clients? Were they just personal friends or what kind of, did you fall into this or <laughs> was it uh, a plan? How did, how did that start? Yeah. So the, um, the longer version is, as I said before, I was at a, a an international firm, yeah. um, and practiced there for about five years, really great law firm with awesome mentors, um, and generally a good, a good place to work. The problem was I wasn't interested in the work. You know, I wasn't getting up every day and excited to get to work. Practice, yeah. yeah. I learned a lot, great mentors, but it just wasn't what, what I wanted to do. Um, so I've been a fitness person my entire life, really into the, the fitness world. And my home gym is San Francisco CrossFit, okay. um, which is co-owned by Kelly and Juliet Starrett. Yeah. Um, you know, Kelly and Juliet are the owners of, of Mobility Wad. And San Francisco CrossFit was one of the first. They've helped my shoulders a lot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they were one of the first 50, I think, affiliates in the country. So they're, it's a pretty well-known well known. fitness mecca. You know, it's one of the stops on the tour for sure. Um, first place I visited when I was up there, yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think anyone who is a CrossFitter stops in to San Francisco CrossFit Get at least, shirt. At least picture, once. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so I w- was training there since maybe 2011. Um, and got to know some people who grew out of that, um, that environment. So Carl Pally, um, from freestyle, Diane Fu from Fu Barbell, um, Nate Helming, um, who has a company now called the run experience. There's a lot of young companies who started there and are still sort of operating out of there in, in one way or another. Um, and are just parts of that community. And so I got to know them and, um, you know, they all had rising fitness businesses that were just crushing it yeah. and they're building a brand and doing all these great things. Um, so that was happening. And there were also, because of who Juliet and Kelly are, there was all kinds of amazing, you know, fitness innovators coming through. Of course, just to, to be a part of it, just to stop in and, yeah. and also work with Kelly, right? Cause he's a, you know, uh, a world renowned movement and mobility expert. I think he's probably one of the only movement mobility experts that I hear guys like Tim Ferriss quote, right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. He's, he's quoted yeah. by guys like Tim Ferriss and, you know, Kelly works with like, I, I think it's the Navy or, you know, like he's, yeah. he's doing all these amazing things. So because of that, I was right in the center of all of this fitness innovation. Um, and one day I just kind of like the light bulb went on and I thought I need I want to work with these companies. I mean, I believe in what they're doing. I use their products. Um, I know who they are. I love their brands and you know, I want to help them protect and grow their business. Um, which is not what I was doing at my, of course, <laughs> at my, my other job. Um, so, uh, just sort of one by one, I kind of, uh, you know, started to work, with them and and the word um got around and i told people i was practicing fitness law and people were like what's that and i said oh let me tell you <laughs> you know it's this this and this um and and so one grew into two which grew into three and then after a while i was um getting introduced to um other clients who were in in the space but also it started to branch out into not just fitness companies your traditional fitness companies, it was supplement companies. Um, the paleo 
food space is another one. It's continually exploding, growing exponentially. It is exploding. Um, For two years in a row now, I've gone to this conference in Austin called Paleo FX. Super cool. I I definitely want to go, and I have not. It is a paleo nerd's heaven. Um, It is. It's amazing, right? So there's sort of like two components to it. You have the the the, the science and the, and the presentations, right? You have, you have big names in the space who are coming there and talking about the science behind it and the yeah. business behind it. And, um, which is really an awesome thing. And then you have this other part, which is like the convention center part of it, right? Where you've got all of these vendors who are doing incredible things with, you know, cricket flower and you know, just, things that you would that would not you expect would not expect and yeah. then you taste you're like wow this is incredible like I, why did i not hear about this before <clears throat> um so i love to go there and and meet people who are doing great things in the space and that's i've been you know paleo dieter for about six years now myself so i get it and i you know can can really get behind the yeah. message and what it is that they're doing it's um, not perfunctory for you it's yeah it's life yeah it's yeah. life i'm living it every day like i i would go there and meet the owners of a company whose product I've been using for, you know, two or three years. Yeah. Right. Like that kind of thing. That's like, cool. um, so it was, it was, a, it's always like a pleasure to meet those people and interact with them and hear, hear what it is that they're up to. Um, so that, but the paleo world is sort of a natural fit Absolutely. for, you know, the CrossFit world, but also the, the, the increased energy that's behind the health and wellness movement as well. I think the the paleo world is, and becoming on a national level, you know, pretty recognizable and it's not really considered a fad. Not, not Um, anymore. Not anymore. Yeah. I don't, I don't think it is. I mean, it might morph into other, into other things, but I think there's some legitimate steam behind it. Um, so yeah, so that's how, that's how it happened. And then it just got to this point where, um, it was, you know, I had, 15 clients, you know, I turned around, I had 15 clients and I was like, how did, how did it get to this point? Um, and my firm was very supportive of me working with them, um, which is uncommon for a big firm. That sounds uncommon. Yeah. 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 So they let, basically what I did was I formed a fitness innovation team at this firm. Okay. Um, which consisted of me and a couple of other attorneys who were not focusing on it full time, but you know, they were in different practice areas. So if there was an intellectual property issue or an employment issue or something else that came up, we could kind of give a full, um, a full array of services to, to them. Um, so I did that for a while and then it got to the point where I just was getting up every day and thinking about doing this work and could only do it for an hour or two a day because I had other billable requirements that prevented me from fully focusing on them all day long. Yeah. Um, which is what I wanted to do. So I decided uh, it was time to, to leave. Um, it's a hell of a leap. Yeah. I mean, to someone who's committed and passionate, I could see how it might not feel like a whole lot of leap, but it's definitely that unknowable, that unknown, that, you you know, there's so many questions. There's the what ifs. There's the the fear of the unknown. There are so many different reasons one could just not do that yes (laughs) but you decided to do it yeah lawyers too also are very risk averse like that's my job i'm supposed to pragmatists (laughs) right i'm supposed to look at someone's business and what they do and say hey 
here is a here's a risky situa- situation, right? Like this is this presents a pocket of risk for you. It's not just about looking at agreements or, you know, um, helping them to form corporations or things like that. It's also about saying you have a risk, a serious risk pocket here, and you know we should address that and prevent, you know, prevent something bad from happening down the road by doing X, Y, or Z. So that's the way my mind works yeah, all day long, of and, course. which is a good thing as a, you know, when you have your lawyer hat on, but if you're trying to think you about your yourself, business hat right, on, yeah. it's, it's maybe not the most beneficial. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta blow past that as quickly as possible. So it took me a, definitely a couple of months to kind of come around to this idea that I was, I would be able to leave number one and number two have a thriving business. But then I think in February I was talking to you. Yeah. And you were you were excited, but you 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 were sure of yourself, but you were tentative. Yeah. I, I just Definitely. wasn't I wasn't there 100%. But the, the interesting thing is and we were kind of talking about this before, you know, when you actually before we started. Yeah. When you uh when you get into that mindset, right? And you get out of the, the lane that you're driving in 100% and you get into this new lane of like, okay, well, this is what I'm going to do. A lot of the fear, I mean, there's definitely fear there, right? Anybody who's, who has their own business of and course. says that they're not scared is lying to you. Or crazy. Or crazy. <laughs> <laughs> or not thinking straight. Yeah. Uh, but once you get into that lane and you start fully realizing the potential and thinking about it full time, the, you know, a lot of that dissipated. And I was not, there was no way that, that that wasn't going to be the absolute 100% decision for me. Well, you've created space for it. It's, it's something that people that I've found people consistently run into is the, the worry or fear of not having the time or the space because they haven't created the time or the space. They're so set in whatever schedule they have, they can't imagine anything outside of that schedule. And what the reality of the situation is once you have changed that schedule, you're essentially making time for that. You're, you're making that your priority. So you're, you're, you're having a paradigm shift uh, and you're going in a different direction. And if you're not producing, then it's not going to work. Right. But if you're producing, if, if, you, if you're committed, then that space is going to be made because you're continuing to pursue that craft or that passion. Right. Uh, you've decided that's where the space and time is going to go as opposed to your normal nine to five or whatever job you have and this is a hobby. This is the thing you have to do afterwards. And then, oh, well, I don't have any rest. And then I don't have any. And you start to worry about the stress of the next day. And that goes into the next week or the next month. Whereas now you're kind of focused and this is the thing that you're doing. So the good majority of your 40-hour work week or whatever you're doing, you know, whatever you have designated is going towards that. Yeah. And then it kind of it goes with it. It has to. It has to or it's not going to function. Right. And you don't. you just can't imagine how much time you'll have to think about it and how much of a mind shift you'll have if you open up that, that space and start to think about it on a full time basis until uh, it happens, until it happens. You, you just don't, you don't know until you're there. And then when you're there, you're like, Oh wow. Like, yes, this, this will work because I've thought about this and this and you start to meet. I mean, when you're in the space too, you know, I've started to get referrals from people that I never, you know, that I never would have gotten before because I met them. I was at an event, right? Like, I'm down here for the CrossFit games this yeah. week and this is a work trip. Yeah. That's so cool. <laughs> Which still like blows my mind <laughs> for the first time, super you know, cool. like I couldn't be more excited about that. Um, and 
that's that's a great a great great thing the other fortunate part for me is that i work with people who have taken this leap before right like most of my clients are rising companies so they're in you know the one to three maybe four year stage so they've been through the same things i've i've actually counseled some of them through similar changes right so i've watched it happen and that's pretty inspirational too because you see that people who are passionate about what they do they push they push through and they find a way to do it um and they're resilient uh and it's it's their passion for what they do that ultimately drives them right like if this was something that i you know this was like some kind of a financial product i was selling or you know something that i just couldn't get behind if you were phoning it in yeah if i was phoning it in no way it's not gonna work so that's been you know that kind of that whole mentality and enthusiasm for what it is I do on a daily basis kind of drives the whole bus. That's got to be reassuring to kind of see it click as it's happening and having that, that faith in yourself and your abilities and then seeing that space made and the things you want to happen start to fall into place and yeah. grow and grow and grow. It's got to be really neat. You're growing your own futuristic garden. Yeah, and and there's lots of room for growth because I don't know anyone else who's yeah, really doing it so i can kind of define <laughs> google space. It. Nothing yeah there, you know? really like you type in fitness <laughs> law and there's some random things i think there was a book maybe written like a couple of years ago but it was focused on like liability like in in fitness facilities which is different from what i'm doing and i just really can't find anybody who's practicing fitness law which is uh kind of ex- you know kind of an exciting, exciting thing i get to kind of blaze a little bit and there's been some other younger attorneys who have come to me and said oh this is great like tell me about what you're doing i think this is cool and um so you also kind of get to pick where you're going too since you are your boss you're making the decisions whether they're good decisions or bad decisions you're making them yeah better or worse so uh you know it's one of the best slash worst possibilities because it's all your fault good or or bad yeah Yeah. uh but it puts you in in a unique position not everyone gets to make that decision every day yeah for themselves it's very empowering and um i've realized that i don't think i will ever ever go back to the old model of not being able to 100 percent have you know create the vision and the strategy for where i want to go i mean that's that's awesome that's the really exciting part too is being able to build something yeah and you know there are lots of great companies out there who give their employees autonomy to do great things but i can't see myself going back to that that model i mean this is something that you're really in more so than others that do similar work you're putting your name on it like like right on it like this is this is all you uh that's a unique opportunity you you often see you know authors get to do things like that or painters or musicians uh so in the in the fitness world or in the out of the guests that I've spoken to I've had a, a couple of fitness people on and they've done similarly unique things you know Lindsay Matthews with BirthFit uh Logan with Deuce uh so so they've been able to put their name on it but it's not an everyday occurrence you don't you don't look at the average individual and think that or, or get that they're able to uh 
uh, take ownership the way that you individuals have been able to take ownership of your own work. Yeah, it's awesome and, f- and frightening at the same time. Um, it's, but mostly awesome. Uh, <laughs> yeah, mostly awesome. <laughs> like you just have those minutes, you know, where you're like, oh man, like this is all on me. But then at least for me, my mind immediately shifts back to this, you know, I got it. And there was, it's interesting and, and I, it's probably the same in a lot of hierarchical business models, mm-hmm. you know, office structures, right? Where the low person, you know, runs it by the mid person who runs it by, you know, the, the senior person. And there's probably and how much gets lost in translation. Yeah, and, yeah. Yeah. But there's always this built in comfort level because as a young, as a, a junior person, like, oh, well, the, the mid person will, will figure that out if I did something wrong. Like I did my best, put my hands up. Yeah, for you, know, you it's brain to fingers to phone, right? Boom, like there it is, like instant <laughs> advice, like on demand. You know, there's no built-in protection level there. And especially when it comes to my profession, you know, it's a, you're dealing with some pretty, some some serious things, you know. it's it's um, So you need to be, you need to be really sure about the decisions you make. And um, so embracing that, that role of the guy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, has been really has been really fun um i don't have any employees under me yet um that is absolutely the plan is to get you know to build this and make it a thing and i have a lot of uh i have a lot of plans in that regard but um um, right now it's just it's it's me calling the shots which is pretty awesome that's brilliant so uh i'm curious can you tell me about a time uh where you saw this happening before it happened and uh, what changes do you think were made uh, when you realized at that time, like, this is how, this is where I want to get to, you know, because it's not an overnight thing. Like small changes have to be made regularly. Yeah. Uh, Is there like one specific time that stands out to you or maybe an example you can give that uh, can give some insight to other people on how, to implement those changes? Yeah, well, I think f- the, the first time, I mean, I had been practicing or doing this practice area for a couple of years, about two years, before I really decided that I it made sense for me to do it by myself, or at least I put myself on that path. I went on vacation last year, and it was the first time that I had turned off my phone for about a, uh, a week straight. Just didn't look at any messages from anyone work uh personal i was with my family we were you know doing our thing at the beach and i thought you know i'm just going to turn it off i've read a lot of places how that can be transformative and you just disconnect entirely from you know the rest of the world and i did that yeah and the first two days was difficult but then by the third day i swear i was waking up and i was having creative thoughts like I've never had before. And I think part of it was not only having those creative thoughts, but really being able to step outside of my day to day and be like, what am I doing all day? Yeah. Am I, what I, is occupying your time? Right. I'm responding to emails from someone else. You know, I'm sort of forwarding someone else's agenda, yeah. which is my job. Um, I was worrying about things that were sometimes out of my control. I was trying to I was trying to just be on call 24/7. 
and that and I realized like that's not what I want to do like what what am I doing with this where is this going and so that was an a definitely an epiphany moment for me yeah it sounds like that it. was an epiphany and I I came home from that vacation and I was energized and I had like all these new ideas and I think that was initially what got me over the hump right so this foundational thing like creating time to think and step away from my circumstances and evaluate them with an eye that I'm not able to do on a daily basis. Huge. Yeah. Really huge. Then I think it was the the second part was visualizing myself in that role of whatever, you know, of the, the, the guy who owns his own firm. Yeah. And initially that's, it's a jump to get there. Right. It, and it took me a little while. It took a lot of conversations with people. Um, I spoke to people who, were in my network that I trusted. I basically recruited like a Drew Inc. board of advisors. <laughs> so, cool. And so I have these people in my life now who are people I respected maybe from afar or who are who are close to me. And I, I, I literally went up to them and said, you know, I would like for you to be a mentor to me. I love what you're doing. You know, if that means coffee once a month or an email every now and then, are you down for that? Could Could we do that? A lot of people... It's not a lot of people, like five, six people um, said yes, totally. And so I kind of had this board of advisors that I would go to who would talk me, talk me through the process and say, dude, you could totally, you know, you can do this. Um, It's those 15 minute conversations here and there that really gave me a lot of uh, confidence that I could, that I could do it, at least initially when I was on the fence. And then also I started to talk to people who were already in the industry that I wanted to be in. Right. Yeah. Because part of, part of the struggle is that you're in this environment all day long where nobody has done what you want to do. No, no one's ever, they have chosen at least in, in, in my situation specifically, they have chosen to work at a big, yeah, big company, a big firm. And they have the security blanket of if they fail, it's not their livelihood. Just, you know, factored into company loss. Right. And the misperception that going out on your own and doing your own thing, like that is risky. The R word. Like yeah. there's a lot of risk associated with that. So, you know, better be careful if you if you're gonna do that. Like what are you gonna do for money? What are you gonna like how are you gonna learn this? How are you gonna learn that? People um, focus less on the ROI and more on the risk. Right. And but for me, I slowly realize that risk is also this idea of waking up 10 years from now and regretting not having taken a chance. Of course. I mean, and for me, it was specifically like, I remember thinking like when I'm sitting on my deathbed, (laughs) it's kind of morbid. (laughs) No, no, no. I get it. But if I'm sitting on my deathbed, like what am I going to, what am I going to be thinking about? Am I going to be saying, man, I shouldn't have, taking all those opportunities, you know? <laughs> no, I, I don't, I think I would be saying, you know, why didn't you take more risks? Um, and I just actually just heard a statistic this weekend and I, I don't remember what the, the specific numbers are, but the, the, the gist of it was that when they've interviewed people who are on their deathbed, they ask them like, what I've, I've heard this. Yeah. Statistic, like yeah. what, what is it that you're, that you regrets. R- regret? And it's like not having taken chances, not taking more days off and taking more sick days, not spending more time with family. Totally. Right. Things that are perceived as a risk because, 
of the model that we, you know, that we are, currently subscribe to. Right. So, so anyway, I think back to my other, my point is just that you get to this, you, you get to this point where you're functioning and living every day in an environment where everybody around you subscribes to whatever's going on in that environment. That model. Yeah. Yeah. So you need to, in order to get out of it, you have to go talk to people who successfully got out of it yeah, you have because to connect. Yeah. They're the ones who actually know how to, how to do it. It's funny. You mentioned the deathbed, uh, uh analogy. There's a like forties or fifties black and white film, uh, like macabre horror film called death takes a holiday. And it's one of those like meet Joe blacks where, uh, you know, original one though, where death takes, takes the weekend off and decides to stay with this family in their Spanish villa. And he's having breakfast with them at their, in their Spanish villa. Uh, and one of the younger uh, daughters says to her boyfriend, so how do you want to spend the day? Uh, what should we do? And death turns and goes, spend the day. Is that how you look at it? Like currency. But it's that really m- macabre, grotesque, but factual connection that, you know, time is money, but time is also your life. So how do you want to spend your life? Right. What do you want to do? Like what? Right. What decisions do you want to make? Because yeah, it is, it is currency. You're, you're literally sitting with death potentially next to you at any given time. So what is your decision? How do you want to act? Yeah. And I think as a young, you know, I'm 32 now, but as a young professional, I was just, driven by this idea of making what I thought was progress. Right. Yeah. And I had been, I had kind of been that person and just, you know, checks all the boxes, you know, did well in high school, did well in college and always pushed and worked hard and played, you know, collegiate sports and did all this stuff. And, and then I got to this point where you have that moment where that you were just referencing, you know, where it's like, well, what, what do I actually want from my life? Yeah. Like I've done all those things, but where is this going? And a huge part of it is having a, a real, you know, a life that is separate from my identity as drew the owner of move legal and is someone who's totally different from that. Right. Like yeah. the, the two can't always be intertwined. Of or course. It just doesn't, it doesn't work. Um, but I didn't always think that way because of who I was as a young person trying to, you know, progress, um, um, in my career. So, uh, leading up to making those small changes and recognizing where you needed space, uh, do you have any habits or rituals that lend to you having the idea of more space or, or being more creative or organizing yourself? Or is there anything that you do on a regular basis that you know, helps you to function. I, I, a lot of people have idiosyncrasies or daily routines. I'm just curious as to if there are any that you have either recently adopted or, or are, you know, tried and true or, or even ones that have failed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I've got a lot of those. I've got a lot of, <laughs> yeah, me too. Me too. Yeah. And I, I fluctuate between wanting to be really routine based, like all the time, but also giving myself the freedom to, switch it up and and say i don't well i don't really need that today right because yeah. you you know if you want to form habits you have to do them for you know every day for a certain period of time mm-hmm. but studies show 30 days in a row between 10 and 30 days in a row 
uh, similar time, similar structure, your brain starts to make changes. Right, yeah. exactly. So I've, I fluctuate back and forth, or at least vastly in my mind, between those two things, you know, like, well, maybe I'll be happier today because I decide not to, you know, that, that this isn't working for me today. But having said that, I mean, I think probably since November, I do 20 minutes of meditation in the morning Cool. when I get up. Um, do you use an app? Do you do it solo? I, heads, I use Headspace. Headspace. Just Andy's in my head. It so much easier. Guy's in my head all day long. He's just, a dad at our school. Oh, really? Uh, so he came and did a talk at our school. Uh, the CEO, I, I'm close with the CEO, uh, Sean, and uh, his kids are great. I, I taught his kid in a woodshop last year, and he was in my pre-K class. Amazing. And I get his kids next year. Uh, great family. Uh, yeah, Andy's in my head every day, too. <laughs> when I have a stressful moment, you know, I, I, I hear him saying, like, thinking or feeling right like, yeah just like you know just then touch it with a feather i'm like, going through like, the anxiety pack right now just to yeah. get a better grip on like noting 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 is huge i i just finished that pack yeah. actually it's it's surreal how i'm this i'm today will be day 20 okay uh, i switched it to evenings because i've been just needing something to look forward to in the evening to kind of decompress and reassess the whole day because right. I'm on summer break right now, so I'm not teaching. So when I'm teaching, I kind of need something to ground me immediately. But since I'm on break, I'm allowing myself, I'm allowing myself the ability to be a bit more creative earlier in the day, so less structured. Uh, and then kind of ground myself in the evening and reflect on the entire day. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, the, the, the noting thing is, is huge. Yeah, and you start to, f- if you do it long enough, you start to feel this other thing that's present all the time, right? Yeah. And I actually got to the point recently where I can actually, I I know that it's there. Like I can feel there's something different about me. And I say, well, what is it that is bothering me right now? Why am I feeling like, why am I feeling this way? Right. And it's the noting thing. Like, okay, well, what is this emotion? Why am I feeling this way? Can I do anything about it right now? Probably not. You know, I just have to live with it, like exist next to it. So, Definitely that quiet time in the morning is good for me. Um, I have been writing, I got into the habit of writing at least one or two notes in the morning to like people that from my present life or past, you know, my past who I send them to like my high school basketball coach or uh, physical notes or yeah, handwritten notes. Handwritten is important. I I just, it actually, it does not take much more effort than sitting down and typing an email. It literally takes two seconds to write a, a handwritten note. And I know what I feel like when I get a note the in the mail. The effect is profound. I'm like, wow, this person thought of me and, and actually wrote it down and, and put a stamp on it and everything and put it in the mail and walked into the mailbox. Wow, that's huge. The amount of closeness we've gained through technology has uh, made the type of contact uh, interaction significantly less personal. Yeah, I think and it's not a bad thing, but it makes you appreciate these small personal touches yep. so much more. Like when I get a handwritten note, it goes in my fridge. <laughs> yeah, you know, like it, I, I keep it. It's a big. It's, it's actually a big, deal. a big deal when someone sends you that. So, um, and I think this might have been like something I read, and like, I don't know if it was a uh, like the five minute journal or something like something similar to that, where being others focused 
to start the day yeah and thinking about other people i think that that's something i've really tried to adopt. i like that maybe, maybe i'll try that sometime yeah someday. it's Take good that. it just it, it feels good because it also connects you with people that you haven't talked to in a while and there's always people that you know it'll be someone who runs through my mind i'm like oh, i wonder how so-and-so's yeah. doing or i'll see something about them on social media and i'll just make a note of it and then i have like a little that's list that I, that I walk through which i has been good for me you know yeah. just good to start the day that way um I drink two big glasses of water every morning because I drink a lot of coffee, yeah. like an insane amount of coffee, <laughs> butter coffee. I do that every morning. Um, I've, I've been doing that since 2010 before it was, before it was a thing, before, it was a before, thing. before bulletproof was bulletproof. Yeah. When people were actually yeah. like, no, really you're, you're crazy. Why are you putting butter in your coffee now yeah. it's like oh yeah i heard about that thing and do you use mct oil yeah what's <laughs> mct oil again um but it's funny i was in uh colombia um after i quit my job yeah in colombia and mexico and you know normally when you go on vacation you dispense with all of the the niceties of home right and you kind of adapt Except and you just get more coffee ex- <laughs> the first thing i did <laughs> i'm somewhat embarrassed to admit this but when I get to a new place, I would like figure out how I was going to get coffee and find where I was going to get butter. <laughs> it's like those two things. For me, it's usually finding a clean bathroom. But yeah. I, I get where you're going. It's just, it's just my thing. Like I can't tell you how much I enjoy that in the morning. It's a ritual. Um, yeah. Huh? It's a ritual. Yeah. And I, I've been working with caveman coffee for a while now and like, and they're, they're great. They're, yeah, they're amazing business owners. Number one. And number two, I just am addicted to their coffee. So, I have that nice, you know, throughout the morning. So in order to sustain that, I need to have some water. So, uh, that's like, that's just one thing that I do every single time. Um, I have, I've kept myself to two cups a day. It yeah. Was, it's been tough, but yeah, I've just made sure they're quality cups of coffee. Yeah. Yeah. It's the saddest part of my day when I look into the stare into the coffee cup and it's gone. <laughs> but it is also the most exciting part of my day when I go to sleep at night. I'm like, okay, got coffee in the morning. <laughs> nice. Um, yeah, I think those are the those are the main things. Um, I have noticed that I'm much more productive in the morning, so I'll spend. What time do you wake up normally? Uh, or is there is it fluctuate? Yeah, I'm up at like six ish okay. usually. Um, I can't sleep past that. Uh, it's tough. It's tough. I, I wake up and my brain starts to go and there's no way I'm going back to sleep. It just doesn't, doesn't work. Do you nap at all? Uh, <laughs> yes, Good. I do. No, don't be, don't be ashamed, man. No, I'm it's, not. There's a stigma behind napping, but I, it's sometimes a necessary thing. I'm, I'm chuckling because I lay down in my office and mm-hmm. will just... I just lay down on the floor like I have this like sweatshirt that I have and I just ball it up, use it as a pillow because it's just comfortable enough to fall asleep but not comfortable enough to sleep more than, you know, 25 minutes. Yeah. And for some reason I had in my head, I read somewhere that like astronauts uh, nap for 26 minutes or something like that at, yeah. at a time. So like there's I nap an infog- for 26 <laughs> yeah. There's an infographic floating around about the appropriate... Uh, physical positioning and time necessary to nap, like so you don't get halfway through a REM cycle, or you know what's right. beneficial, what leaves you more tired or energized. And I think it's something like under thirty minutes yep. is uh, rejuvenating enough to to get you going for for more. But over that, you get into a REM cycle and you'll be more tired, right? Or your brain will be more taxed, or 
yeah. yeah. It's amazing, though, the jolt that you get from a 25-minute nap. It's pretty incredible. Yeah. Um, so I do that. But I did notice that in the morning, I'm much more productive. Like, that is my creative time. So I have, you know, a chunk blocked off on my calendar from basically, you know, 7.30 until about 10.30, where I'm, like, trying to, to crush all the things that are going to cause me the most or, or that are going to take the most mental energy yeah. and or cause me the most physical pain. <laughs> right? like, yeah. The things I don't want to deal with, like the, the towards the end of the day. Yeah. Or, like yeah. putting out the fires or dealing with something where I'm not really looking forward to it. I'm much better equipped during the morning to deal with that than I am at a later point in the day. Um, and, uh, Actually, I, I'm reading this book right now. It's called The One The One Thing. Um, Who's it written by? Do you know? I don't remember. And I'm, I'm pretty sure it's called The One Thing. Um, but um, a client of mine gave it to me. And um, it's really awesome. And one of the things they talk about in the book is willpower. How it's not like this everlasting thing that you can kind of summon on demand right it's, it's <laughs> it like it's like gas in a gas tank <laughs> and by the end of the day i have you know my willpower is low yeah and so i've i've noticed that too about myself and so i just decide that you know i'm not gonna try to attack the toughest problems at the end of the day because one i might get it wrong two i'm not gonna do it as efficiently yeah like i can do something in 30 minutes during my my prime Peak efficiency as opposed to an hour and a half or two and a half hours. Yeah. yeah. Same. Yeah. So that's, those are some of my, my morning, those things are like built into my morning. Um, and I just put up a hammock in my, in my living room. Nice. <laughs> so very nice. I, it's like swinging, but you know, I don't have a, a huge apartment, but it's kind of swinging between, uh, uh, the wall and this one point on the window. And so I've been spending a lot of time in the hammock. I have a pretty good view of the golden gate bridge. Nice. And I can also watch TV if I want to. Nice. So, so I just bring the laptop with you in the hammock and, yeah. and get some work done. It's perfectly positioned for whatever I, whatever I need to do. I uh, dig it. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Uh, you mentioned the five minute journal. Is that something you used or use? Yeah, I, I have used it. Um, I started to do my, Oh, one thing I left out, I do my own journaling now cool so i do i you use do like artist way or morning pages or just kind of your own deal i do about 10 minutes of just free journaling cool for a couple of reasons one i i want to get in the habit of just writing yeah. even when i'm not you know i don't have much to say or don't think i have much to say um and i've got to the point where i i know the the things i want to access right like the five minute journal was, was great and gave you know gave me a really good structure um but now I just kind of free journal and yeah. that's, that's super helpful for me to get again in this frame of mind of like creating things, which is something I never really had the ability to do at my other job. But now I'm, you know, creating content and innovator. You got uh, it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I have to put my mind, um, in that place and that's, that's exciting too. Like awesome. not to just be, you know, some guy who's, you know, churning out the same thing that's been done over and over again. It's, I love that. That's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, I just finished my first five minute journal. uh, And it was really useful in getting me focused on other people and focused on things outside of myself. But I definitely know where I want to take it. And I still want to journal in the morning and the evening. So I just, I just picked up a new journal yesterday, not a five minute journal, but like a blank journal. Yep. Uh, I still plan on using the morning and evening format. 
but with a lengthier chunk in the morning because I also am more productive in the morning. Yeah. Uh, and I like that. Uh, I still want to incorporate the you know things that I'm things that I'm grateful for and uh, because gratitude plays a huge part in in everything really. Yep. Uh, but I've noticed recently that gratitude has played a huge part in just daily interactions and the more I am giving, the more I am getting in return. Yeah. Uh, it, like there's that, that 50, uh, 51, 49 model that Gary Vaynerchuk talks about, like make sure you're giving 51. And sometimes it becomes increasingly more difficult to match what you're being given because you're giving like, you're like, you're like, okay, cool. I'm going to do all these things for you. And someone comes back with all this and you're like, shit, that's definitely way more. Yeah. Like, how do I, wh- wh- where do I go next? Like what's, What's next? So uh, I definitely want to keep that that portion. Uh, so I'm gonna I'm gonna start tomorrow morning with my first blank journal and and see where it goes. Yeah. Have you journaled long form before? I did uh, years ago. I used to do uh, 25 minutes in the morning. Oh wow! Uh, I would just do, uh, but it was, it, it, I would have like a general prompt because I did creative writing. I, I did a I wrote a web comic for a little while, uh, so I would have like a very general idea of like try and make three, these three things funny. And very often I would not make these three things funny, like <laughs> nowhere near funny. Uh, but it would help me work through like another problem uh, and just kind of stream of consciousness. Like I would set a timer for 25 minutes and the deal I made with myself was, uh, you know, if I wanted that coffee or if I wanted, you know, syrup on the pancakes or whatever it was, uh, I could not put the pen down for 25 minutes. Like yeah. it wasn't even taking a breath. It was, just even if you had to just write the same word over and over and over again until something new came out, 25 minute stream of consciousness, which was definitely a struggle at times. Yeah. Uh, sometimes it came really easily, but uh, the goal now is 15. So yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to shoot 15 tomorrow and see how that goes. I don't want to set unrealistic goals. One of the uh, big failures that I've been keeping track of, uh, cause I'm, I'm doing this thing where I'm keeping track of my failures uh, is setting completely unrealistic goals and expecting myself uh, to be bound by them. <laughs> right. And it's so hard because you're like, but I can do this. But what else suffers at, at, at that cause? You know, what, what suffers because you're trying to do this other thing that may not be efficient for you or may not work with you just because someone else works well with it. Right. Tuning a goal to a really, to a difficult but, sort of achievable place is like a really it's a tough thing to do right because maybe if you started at 15 minutes a day you know it would be amazing and then you get to 30 and, and 40 you know but if you start too much you can kind of yeah but maybe maybe i need to start at five you right know, maybe like, you need to start at five yeah you no know, so t- tomorrow I, th- I feel like 15 is reasonable but thursday might be different than wednesday <laughs> right i don't know right so the goal for tomorrow is 15. If 15 becomes truly mind numbing, I'll bring it down and then go from there. Yeah. Uh, but it's right now it is going to be, uh, other person centric in the beginning. And then the evening is going to be no more than five minutes, Mm -hmm. uh, just to kind of focus on what, what worked and what didn't for the day, uh, positive and negative, you know, because I, I like that. Yeah. You know, things that things that were great today, things that made today fantastic. Yeah. But what could I have done better? Yeah. Because it's important to to uh realize both. Yeah. To realize positive triumphs and then downfalls. You know the other cool thing about that too is you get to build a record of 
your existence, right? Like what you were doing and yeah. where you were and what you were thinking. And I, this kind of came up for me last year. We were going through some of my, um, my grandpa's stuff. Um, and he had, he had passed away like a couple of, uh, a couple of years ago. And, um, we just kind of came across some of his things and was going through and I found this package of letters from my grandma to my grandpa and back and forth when he was in the army. Oh wow. In World War II. Amazing. And some other journals and things. Um, and to see them talking to each other and what they were thinking about and feeling in 1942, 43 was mind blowing. And so cool because they didn't, I mean, they weren't writing it from the perspective of someone else looking at it, you know, 60 years, 70 years later, but that's them at the time. That was them at the time. And that was like a perfect snapshot of who they were. And I got to see like a playful side of them and like, you know, like a very, um, emotional side that, I mean, my, both my grandparents were stoic's not the right word, but you know, they were not. They weren't sentimentalists. They're, right, yeah. right. They were like Italians, like tough Italians from Philly that yeah. grew up in the Depression, right? They like were one of... Tough grand- son of a gun. Yeah, like my my, my <laughs> grandma was like one of 12 kids who grew up in a row home in the Italian market. And like, I'm pretty sure I had an Uncle Lefty who no one knew what he did. Yeah, of course. Um, so, <laughs> uh, uh, but it was that was kind of cool. So, you know, I've been thinking too, like, well, maybe like five, ten years from now, I'd love to see what I was like, what I was thinking yeah, on a daily basis. Yeah, like Definitely. who I was and what, you know, um, what was important to me. And um, so that's another reason why I think it would it's good to like kind of build a record right? absolutely for for introspective purposes later on yeah i've i've definitely recently looked back at uh some old writing and been mortified oh i just oh god this is what i was thinking this is what i was writing and i thought this was good <laughs> that's the worst is is i thought this was good i came across um i came across a uh um my old computer from college it's <laughs> the worst <laughs> Dude, let me tell you, some of the stuff I slapped together and like, you know, right. And the music I was listening to back in the day, yeah. uh, very pretty, different, pretty, pretty embarrassing. Very different. That was a good, it was almost, so this is my 10 year anniversary of graduating from college and, uh, man, I'm, I know my, I hope so I opened up, it was like a compact C-O-M-P-A-Q. Yeah, yeah. No, I don't I, even know. It. I yeah, know yeah. the company. It weighed like 30 pounds, um, and I opened it, and uh, there was a picture of uh, Audio Slave on the home screen because those guys. <laughs> oh, they were the they were the. That shit. was my jam. <laughs> Love those guys like Chris Cornell, Brad Wilk, like all, I mean, yeah. all those guys were really good. And um, <laughs> I remember th- that's the first band where I l- listened to them, and I understood what music was. Yeah, you know, I had a, a guy at the time who um, I was living in New Jersey delivering pizza my favorite two summers ever in college nice delivering pizza at the jersey shore that must um, have been fun it was south jersey so it wasn't as fist pumpy but yeah, you yeah. still had the like the fist pump, pumpy culture going on um and i love pizza so you know a car smelled like pizza i smelled like pizza nice great time in my life sure the girls loved you girls love me <laughs> when you roll up the, when you roll up to a party though at at the shore and mm-hmm. you've got like 20 people and it's like midnight on a saturday night like you actually are the man yeah walking in you're the hero you're Delivering hot pizza to people who are drunk on vacation, like, you're the man. Went home with you're six You're doing packs. something they literally could not do. Uh, yes. 
Yes. Throwing money, like, just take it all the money. Just take it. We'll take <laughs> we love you. Come back later. <laughs> um but I was living at the time with a guy who played electric guitar and um he was working at the at the pizza place too. And he would we would sit there and listen to music and he'd be like, Do you hear like the the bass you see how the bass comes in here like do you hear what they just did and how the drums kicks in here and like i had never listened to music before mm-hmm. and audio slave was like that that band for me and i was like a rage fan so yeah um so yeah so popped open the computer and there's a picture of audio slave awesome. and yeah some other I've, paraphernalia i've got a so uh i have a i have a whiskey club and i think i told you about it yeah so when it first started, like four, it's got, I, th- I think we did a video like four years ago or three three years ago. Uh, I, I want to say four because that puts more time on it, but I think it was more like three. <laughs> and it was me and one of the founding members is a friend of mine who's also like a whiskey uh, geek, just like me. And w- we had this brilliant idea of doing like this, this whiskey vlog, uh, vlog, V-L-O-G, video vlog, because uh, those are cool. they've really caught on (laughs) they've really caught on uh and we're like we're gonna do this and we're gonna like we're gonna dress semi-formally because we we dress up for the the club meeting so it's like one uh, one occasion to be formal and kind of have some pomp and and special uh but we were gonna bring that to the to the video so you know we're in essentially suit and tie sitting on a couch (laughs) in his apartment (laughs) we've got the video is like 26 27 minutes i think i still have it somewhere i'll have to post it online it's probably one of the most embarrassing things that I have seen. Because one, we're getting hammered. We're getting just shit housed. We've got two whiskeys and we're drinking about it and talking about it. And we had like we had read a couple books and watched some others and, and met some like uh distillers and, and grandmasters. And we're like, well, you know, maybe in like ten years we could be that and because that's that was what we aspired to be. And it's it was a cool thing, not what we want to be anymore, for sure. Uh but we were pompous suck up dipshit assholes who <laughs> were talking out of their asses hammered and we thought it was great yeah. like golden and we had a friend who uh is a is still a brilliant editor so she shot b-roll and she shot like she sh- shot it and edited it really well it's just the content was shit yeah. <laughs> just like us yeah. was garbage yeah. it looked great yeah uh <laughs> so i'll have to see if i can find it and post it online because it's 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 stupid yeah. It's so dumb, and I thought it was the coolest. And I, we ended up like doing two or three episodes, and you know, not finding time for it conveniently. Uh, but yeah, looking back at at past work and where you were in life, and yeah, it's different. Yeah, it's it's embarrassing, but I, I mean, I'm glad that I found that because it was. It makes me think, you know, five years from now, ten years from now, what am I going to look back on today? and think about as right and that was like you were such an idiot right yeah. like i'm doing things now that i think are great ideas now you know now, <laughs> now. <laughs> but yeah it reminds me that you know 10 years from now the things i'm doing i'm probably gonna be like what the hell are you thinking when you- i remember when i thought just like one of my first roommates he and i we had it figured out yeah and then we forgot to pay the power bill like i'll never <laughs> forget the first time the first time we forgot to pay the power bill uh <laughs> and we were sitting in our living room uh, playing a board game with candles. And his girlfriend, <laughs> who's now his wife, comes over and she's like, what happened? And we're like, well, 
we kind of never switched over the power, so we've been riding the power for free, and it finally turned off. <laughs> uh, she's like, yeah, you're going to owe a lot of money. Yeah. We're like, no, yeah. it'll be fine, and we ended up owing a lot of money. Yeah. But yeah, yeah it's, it's those, those stupid things that at this, that you think you have it all figured out at that time. Yeah. And I'd argue that there are many times in life that you think you have it all figured out, and then you look back and you're like, I was really stupid. Yeah. Uh, most of the time. Yeah, most of the time. <laughs> but it's all that learning experience that gets you to the point where you can actually take a critical look a few years from now and say, oh, but look at how much I've changed and look at how many things I've gained from those particular perspectives. Right. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's that that not everybody has. And I think small practices like journaling or meditation, making that space definitely help to uh, fix, not fix the mindset, but uh, adjust the mindset so that you can adequately take into account those particular right. uh, circumstances. Yeah. And we were talking about this before too, just this idea of, you know, not being afraid to take chances and really not being afraid of what other people will think of you because you've done it right. Yeah. Just, I mean, it's not, it's not being reckless. It's not, you know, taking incredibly unreasonable chances, which is, I guess, gambling. Yeah. Right. Like you're not, we're not gambling. Um, but you're taking, you know, taking those calculated risks, not being, Understanding that not everyone's going to agree with it, you can't, you know, can't cannot please, please everyone. Cannot please everyone. If you're if you're focused, that's a big one for me. Like if you're focused on making everybody happy with their decisions, you yourself are going to be unhappy. Exactly, and you'll never get anything done. So you just have to like say, well, what do I think is the right thing to do? Am I taking in, you know, have I viewed this correctly? Am I acting on the best information I can get? Yes. Okay. Well, then I'm going to move forward, and you got to move on to the next thing, or else. It's you the, get stuck and you stagnant get, and it's no good. And you're not happy. Yeah, not a happy person. So, man, those are, I mean, it's easier said than done. Some people do it, you know, a hundred times a day um, and don't think twice about it. But I think for most of us, it's a, it's an acquired skill. It's like a muscle that you, definitely that you build. Yeah. I mean, like I, uh, as we were talking about earlier, I'm doing this online swimming deal and, uh, it was coming to the point where I was going to have a social media blast and I just needed a website. Like, So my girlfriend and I were going back and forth talking about it. And I was like, so you get ready. I'm just going to hop on Squarespace, Squarespace real quick. Yeah. I get, I got this. Like, I, you know, I don't, I don't really, I love you. That's all you know. I love you, babe. I'm going to, I'm going to fail on this on my own. Yeah. I'm, I have to take ownership of this one. Yeah. I like, appreciate your input. Yeah. You have better taste than me. Like 98% of the time. Yeah. I just need people to be able to email me. That's yeah. all I need right now. Yep. So I'm yep. just going to do this. Yep. So it's taking that, taking the course you're not comfortable taking most of the time. Yeah. You know, sometimes your input is the only input you might need to trust at the time. Right. And then once you've taken that step, then you can modify and edit and change so that it fits the needs that are incoming. Cause you don't know the needs you're going to have before you have them. Right. You can you can plan for all of this stuff and none of it could happen. It could all be totally different. Yeah. So until it's incoming, until you're receiving this content, then you can adjust to make room for that content. Right. Whatever it is. Whether it be input or clients or orders or whatever. You know, mm-hmm. whatever the business is. Yeah. Everything doesn't have to be in final form. 
everything can't be in in final final form right in terms of like the plans that you have and yeah. the way you want to approach things because you just you spend a lot of time on something you don't know if if it's actually going to stick or not um and you know again like you want to be thorough and you want but like there's certain things you just gotta you gotta do it you gotta adjust yeah tinker 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 and a lot of that in your case is going to be based on the feedback of course that you get and so that's like that's going to be super valuable for you and you know yeah like with the podcast i have uh, one of my close friends is a listener and uh, my buddy cooper he's a lifeguard he's he calls himself a professional uh podcast listener because you know he has a lot of downtime in that tower so he's got a podcast on the radio uh, so he gets back to me with the things he does and doesn't like. Uh, and there's a lot of things I can accommodate. And some of them it's like, well, you know, bud, yeah, you can fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You'll either listen or you sorry, won't. Cooper. <laughs> yeah, sorry, Cooper. Uh, but no, there's a lot of, he's given me a lot of good input. Like there's a reason we're using mics instead of the Yeti, like small things like that, small changes that I'm, I'm making, uh, like blog content wise, things like that. Yep. Social media presence. Yep. Uh, and it's, it's information that I wouldn't have unless someone gave me because as far as I know, I'm doing it right until I'm told that I'm not doing it right. Right. Or that I see. And you have to kind of navigate that because looking to the comment section isn't always what you want to do. Right. You know, so right. it's, it's taking those, those trusted advisors. Like you said, you have that, <laughs> Drew's board of directors. Drew Inc. Uh, yeah, yeah. Drew, Drew Inc.'s board of directors. Uh, yeah, I mean, like the creative fix, for example, uh, I, I mentioned earlier, the the swim program is called the SwimWad. I have the Instagram handle, I have the Twitter handle. I went to register the URL, and two people were squatting on two versions of it, SwimWad and the SwimWad. And I wasn't going to pay either two or four thousand dollars for a URL. Like it yeah. just wasn't going to happen. Yep. Uh, so I decided on quitdrowning.com. And <laughs> Which I love, by the way. Yeah, and I've so many people dig that. They're like, I like that. It's yeah. fun. It's cute. It's quirky, yeah. and it, it makes sense. Yeah. Uh, but if I was obsessed on that, wanting that one perfect thing right. for it to work this one perfect way, I mean, really, what for me is going to make the difference is a social media presence. As long as I have the social media presence with the name that I want, I'll be fine. Yeah. I'll, I'll make it work. Right. I just want this exact same thing with not only naming my firm, but also find, you know, finding a, uh, a name that had available social media handles, right. And website. So name of my firm's move legal mm-hmm. and technically it's move legal PC because I'm a professional corporation yeah. and, um, there's a lot of rules around what you have to, what you can and can't call your firm. You have to let everybody know that you're, you know, generally in the legal services area. Um, and so I went through so many names. I went through probably 300 names, uh, along with, so fortunately for me, I have this woman named Megan King. Um, and she has her own, firm where she she designs websites and does consulting and she's without megan i would have talk about drowning i would have drowned (laughs) (laughs) she say she pulled me out and i mean i started with her from the beginning but like we went through like drafts and drafts and drafts and tried to mine all of this you know what is it that i want this to be about why do i you know what's What's the mission what's the mission statement what 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 message do you want to communicate she was phenomenal um but part of that process was also like arriving at this awesome name that I loved and then going yeah. online and being like, 
damn it. It's taken. Somebody has it already or like social media handles are all taken up or there's all this traffic around the name or something similar that I didn't want to just, I didn't want to be. Of course, you don't want to be associated with that traffic or whatever it is. Or there to be any sort of misperception about it. So or, or squatters, right? Squatters, terrible. So move legal is not available. Movelegal.com is not available. So I settled on move legal PC, which is two letters longer than I wanted, but you know, okay, fine. Yeah, it's fine. But I actually emailed, it took me like 30 minutes to track down like who owns yeah, the who is, yeah, the who is person, like who is the person that owns this thing. So I finally find out, send an email to them. And I get this email back. And you know how you get emails where you can like see the person's face on the other end? Yep. Like it's yeah, yeah. it's dripping with some sort of sarcasm or oh, whatever, just, right? What a jerk. Yeah. So I <laughs> so I emailed them and was like, you know, hey, like I'm, you know, starting my own firm. I'm real passionate about the work I'm doing and it's called Move Legal. You know, I'd love to have discussion with you about what what this costs you know what it would cost to, to buy this from you and i threw out a number i don't remember what it was but like a thousand dollars or something yeah. just as a starting point and i got this email back like the next day that was dripping with this like it was almost like pity mm-hmm. um and also uh this like elitism almost in my i don't i'm not sure 100 what the word is but it, the gist of it was drew you know congratulations like this is really cute that you've decided to do this um but we're not even really going to give you a number back because you're not move legal is apparently it's a a really valuable name in their mind Mm -hmm. who knew um so yeah we're just not you know i I don't think you're even really within the range (laughs) but good luck with your business well we have a mutual friend i'm not sure if you want the story disclosed with who it is, but uh, checked a URL for a business. And uh, he was like, well, you know, we're probably looking at like six figures. Yeah. <laughs> they're like, well, thanks anyway. Yeah. I'll have to say no. And you're like, wait, what? Yeah. Six figures. It's a thing. St- and that's, that's where negotiations would start. Right. Negotiations would start at six figures. Right. Right. That's, this is people's business. This is, this is their business. That's what they do. Yeah. Yeah. Or hope to do. Yeah. I, I just hadn't anticipated that. That move, response. That, yeah, that move legal would be, you know, because I was like, oh, that's perfect. Like, no one's going to put that yeah. together. But apparently somebody somebody did. Um, and same thing with, like, social media handles. Yeah. Like, somebody has been sitting on move legal, at move legal for a while. Yeah. Um, so I just, I had been fit law drew before. Yeah as a, a my twitter handle and i just opened up a new instagram yeah, account and felt yeah felt like that was just who i was and wanted to do it and, nice um so it's sort of a it's aligned well, with it what also I helps do. that you already have clientele that is going like you're not starting completely from scratch you know right you're not you're not all of a sudden starting this brand and trying to gain traction you already have this traction now it's just promoting awareness yeah you yeah. know so you have the outlets to do that i'm fortunate that a lot of my clients are have a huge presence on social media yeah. so um you know they're able to and they've been by the way really generous in promoting me and and you know letting people know that it's a weird thing how it works right it's it's incredible man especially in this niche which is part of the reason why i like working in the space because people are you know sometimes 
people are driving in each other's lanes, but it doesn't, a lot of times it doesn't matter. Like everyone's still trying to hold, you know, hold each other up. The um, community is generally pretty supportive yeah. of each other yeah. and individual pursuits. Like, oh, you have a clothing company. I also have a clothing company. Here's what you can learn from my mistakes. Right. Right. And I'll yeah. wear your hat, by the way, too. Or, yeah. you know, like, like people or just tag these socks in your Instagram and I'll tag your shirt. Or yeah. Your whatever. Things like that. Like, and I just, I think that that's the right way to do it. And it goes hand in hand with the comment you made before about the 5149 thing. Yeah. I mean, only good things come from helping to build up other, other people. Correct. Like that is just at the worst you showed them that someone else can make a difference or at least try and help. Right. Right. Like at the very worst, even if they stage aided or whatever it is, or nothing has happened, it, you've demonstrated that someone else will care without any incentive. Right. And that's big at the very, at the bare minimum, you know, like talking basis that they can't get anything else from it. Yep. You've shown them that someone else can give you freely yep. their compassion and time just because you're deserving of that compassion and time. Right. That's it. And I, I feel like a lot of the, the business owners in this space adopt that like they, I mean at the end of the day, yeah, your business, you got to run your, your business like a business, yes. right? But there are ways that you can prop somebody else up and, um, adopt that concept. Um, and I, I, I just, I don't understand why more business owners don't approach it that way. Like sometimes, you know, butting heads is not, is not the right way to go. Um, I mean, every circumstance is different, but, and this isn't like a, you know, a kumbaya thing. This yeah. is like a, you know, this is a giving freely to other, other people because you know that putting it out there is going to, you know, it's going to come back, back to you. Come yeah. back tenfold. Somehow. Yeah, exactly. Somehow for sure. Yeah. Uh, well, before we wrap up, I usually ask if there's anything that you want to plug. So besides, <laughs> besides the obvious, you know, you, you're, your law firm. Yeah. Uh, do you have any like events that you're doing or is there any particular social media presence outside of what you have that you want promoted? Uh, so next week there'll be a blog. Um, there'll be some pictures. There'll be your Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, awesome website, all that linked in the blog. Uh, so outside of that, is there anything else you want to promote? Um, I'm pretty focused right now on on this this slice. I mean, okay. wh- one of the the things that I really want to do is start to shine a light on some of the issues that are happening for fitness businesses okay. in in the industry, right? So, a lot of times what you'll have is these great companies who got into business because they love what they're what they're doing. Yeah. But th- what they need is some just a little bit of you know, just like any other business, like some help on certain little dis- guidance, little guidance on, on certain areas. Right. So, um, I think in the next couple of months, I'm going to start to have some, um, some, uh, get togethers in the, in the Bay area. Cool. And I think I'm going to do a couple of, da- a couple of them down here That'd also, awesome. just like, you know, once a month, just get everybody together, have someone come in from, from, an ancillary industry, right? So like someone from the accounting world or someone from the business world, you yeah. can talk to specific issues just to kind of build some awareness around, um, and, and be a, be a resource for emerging companies. Um, cause I think it's really important to have some of the foundational things in place. Um, so I think in a couple of, 
over the next couple of months, I'm going to start to, to cool. have that available for, for people to just come cool. and so it would be a free thing. And I mean, if they're subscribed to your social media, they'll be able to see that, right? Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, they can, it'll be on the website, which is movelegalpc.com. Um, at fitlaw drew is my my instagram and um and twitter twitter handle too and do you have a facebook page or is I it do move okay. legal pc yeah okay cool yep yep so people can find me there too and um snapchat know. or anything like that or not yet i'm getting i'm getting into the snapchat into it. okay my little my cousin she's she was 16 at the time this uh-huh. was like four years ago was like have you heard of snapchat and i was like no what's that <laughs> she's like oh you can send pictures to each other and they disappear and i was like oh okay so we snapchatted like four years ago and uh-huh. she's the only person i snapchatted with for about the last three years nice. and then my friend started to do it and i'm like you know yeah logan's got it logan has got yeah, it. yeah yeah they're of, all yeah they're all doing it now so i um at the ryan risk, schultz is on it pretty big too yeah, yeah yeah at the risk of sounding like like the old guy in the room um i'm not as active on it as i probably that's totally probably fair. will be yeah. um but yeah that's that'll that's kind of what i'm what i'm up to and i'm um, cool one other thing i would i would plug to real quick is um this nonprofit that i'm involved with mm-hmm. called stand up kids um and basically the mission is to get as many kids in stand up desk elementary school kids um using stand up desks as as possible that's awesome um and isn't kelly working with them too yes yeah, so, yeah, okay, so i've heard of that yeah, yeah. kelly and juliet that's theirs, Starrett, right? um they they're the founders cool. um, and we've got this amazing board of doctors and business businessmen and women and people who are influential in the fitness space and um i joined last year and um they funded the first all standing desk elementary school in the country uh, i believe it was last year um love it but it's it's a really cool uh project um you know there's been all this research that's come out about how how dangerous sitting can be yeah you know like long-term not only long-term effects, but also, you know, childhood obesity and, yeah. and health and wellness. There's just all kinds of recent statistics that have come out about it. I'm getting it. myself one of Kelly's fidget bars. Yeah. Yeah. I, like I have it. one. <laughs> it's awesome. It's really great. I, I mean, cause I, I do most of my laptop work just like sit standing at my kitchen counter pretty much. Yeah. I was going to do the stand up desk thing and I was like, I have counter space. I'm just going to, cause then I, I also, I'm a little ADHD, so I walk from like room to room. Yeah. So like, put it on the bar cart. I'll put it on the kitchen counter, you know, yeah. whatever. Yeah. So I could bring that with me. It's it's great for adults, right? And the idea is to just, you know, keep your keep your foot moving, you know, kind of stay active with your your lower body so that you're not, you know, stationary. Um but the statistics that have come out recently around how it increases um productivity in, in kids and their attention span is is much better because they weren't designed to sit in these little boxy chair for six eight hours six, a day. Eight, yeah, and yeah. i mean you would yeah you would know um, better than anyone that this is the case they need to get up and move right they got to move um so anyway i think that that's a really interesting thing that's going on right now and i feel like in five ten years we'll be seeing this as a, a mainstay cool. yeah so, so stand up kids yeah stand up kids.org okay yep dot org um great that's a great um organization so for your listeners i think that who are interested in, in yeah in of course health and wellness i think that's a really worthy cause uh and what message do you want to leave everybody with you get um, uh, you get you know like between three and six sentences idea sh- like an idea like a concept sure i would direct you know this message to people who are um, who are thinking about doing something that they want to do, that they're passionate about, but aren't really there yet. 
I would say just take the time to explore it. Um, and you're only going to get into that space if you actually, you know, take a leap, make the decision, take what is perceived as a, a risk and do it. Um, I think that you'll be in the same way that I was surprised at how easy it is to actually do it once you embrace the idea of, of making change. Um, so, and that's, that's been on the, the tip of my tongue for, you know, almost a year now. Yeah. Um, and I think there's a lot of people I know who just are holding back. They have great ideas, but they're not able to realize them because they, they're, yeah, they're, they're stuck in another space. Yeah. Yeah. So I'd say go for it. It's, it's time. Awesome. Cool. Thanks a lot, man. Thanks, man. It's this been was, fun. It was a pleasure. Thanks for Thank having you. me. Cool. Dude, that was great. That was fun, man. That was so much fun. I dig it. Yeah. Thank awesome. you, sir.